Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman, and it is so great coming to you today again. Gosh, it's so great coming to you. And we are talking about love. And I'm not talking about Valentine's Day this time. No, I want to talk to you about love. And I have back with me today my precious, precious friend. And how many of you know a neuroscientist? Seriously, seriously, I do. Welcome neuroscientist, my friend, Stacey Danford. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Every time your phone, my thing pops up and has your name on it, I just get a little bit excited. Oh my gosh, because I have this (laughs) massive crush on you. I love you so much. You're my girl crush. Oh good. Should we sing that song? Yes, exactly. Let's sing this song again. I know. So I had you last year, I believe five times because we did the series, uh, How to Have a Fabulous Whatever. Um, We did that back in, I believe, October, if you'll go and listen. And um, I had you before then as well. So I got you back on the series and it was huge. Huge popular popularity. It was just amazing. So everyone loves you. Thank you. I love coming to tell people about their brain. I know because, you know, if you go to Stacy's feed, go to her Instagram, Stacy is Stacey it the Danford. grateful is it Stacy Danford? Okay. Stacy with an I. With an I. And look at her feed. She is the happiest woman. Just the color. I mean, she is just farting color. I mean, it is so <laughs> amazing. I just love 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 watching you and you are not your normal normal neuroscientist. And I don't mean that as normal as weird, but I'm just, you just bring so much joy with color and even your, your blogs each week. I just don't fit the norm, but that's okay. And I used to apologize for being happy, but I I did because I felt like it made other people feel bad and I would like tone way down my happy. But the older I get, the more I realize like, I've worked hard to be this happy. Mm-hmm. My life has not always been happy. Right. I worked hard at it. And by golly, I'm 54 years old. And I'm going to be happy if I want to. Exactly. And I do think, well, especially now in neuroscience, I know there's something called brain-to-brain synchrony. And mirror neurons activate in other people when you're around them. And now I see my happiness can be contagious and it can help mm-hmm. other people feel better. So I no longer turn myself down. Yeah. And you know what, Stacey, even... You know, when you're reading, and I know we see so much on our phones now and our computers, and the fonts you use and the color and the it just makes me happy. I mean, I just do, and I, and I tell her every Thursday morning. I email her back and go, "You just you resonated with me again." It was picking the flowers this yes. week. Now we are I in over on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, what month? I don't even know what month it is. May, May. So I mean, she pulled over in the side of the road just. Did you all around in the... I did. I played in the flowers. <laughs> I mean, just how fabulous. And I had the best endorphins for about six hours after. But we get so caught up in what we should do. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite terms I use with my clients is don't should all over yourself. Mm-hmm. Because we think we should act like this and we should say this and we should wear this. But really, that is stealing your own joy. And it's stealing the love you have for yourself because you're fighting against yourself constantly. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, what would my real self do? Mm-hmm. I'd pull over and play in the flowers. So oh, I slammed on my brakes and did it. And just did it. <laughs> well, you know, okay. So I want you all to go back and, of course, go to Stacey's website. At your website is, is thegratefulbrain.com. Okay. I want you to go back and listen and you'll learn. Stacy and I have had a few marriages under our belt. Yes. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Judgers. <laughs> 
weren't our fault. Like my husband says, not our fault. But um, we have and, and we've learned. And Stacy's going to talk to you in a minute about the most important love. But in the month of June, this I am you will you come out the last week in May and you are introducing and helping me introduce the month of love, which is in June of 2021. And I want to tell you all each week a little I'm just going to give you a snippet and then we're going to dive deeper into each of my guests because they're already planned. Most of them already recorded. But um, when I was talking about thinking about love, I've got my husband. He is coming on the show. We've been married 10 years and this is huge for us because he hasn't had more than four to eight years in his Um me, I can't even remember. I put it back in that lizard brain. Um, see, I have learned from this woman. But um, so I brought you on because I, yeah, I thought, you know what? Let me just celebrate my husband and I, and maybe people will learn. We do have a great marriage. Um, is it perfect? No, um, not at all. But okay. So the first one is love of fur babies. So I'm bringing on Fetch and they help me with my baby Lala, uh, which I've never had a pet. The second one is Greg, been married 10 years. Um, again, we have several marriages. Boy, there'd be a lot in this room. Um, <laughs> and then the next week, it's, um, this is my story. And it's, um, it is a wonderful documentary. And I've had the three gentlemen that were the storytellers in, that are the storytellers in this documentary that are black men in Fort Worth that are talking about how they've been silenced. So how to love each other. And then my precious friend, Shop with Bonnie, Bonnie Smith, she lost love and found love. And then my friend Cole Phillips, mommy guilt. So being a parent and loving. So let's take these and dive in because you told me that this is different types of love. Yes. So each one of them is wired differently in the brain. So how, so, so, so start with me. Go okay. ahead. So do we want to start with our own first or for our babies? You know what? You start with your own first. Okay. So I think that the most important type of love you can have in order to make all the other loves work is a love for yourself. And I know that sounds very cliche, but it is true. And we talked about that well ago that each time you get in a new relationship, you know, everybody's on their best behavior, but most people don't realize they're subconsciously performing for that person's needs. And the problem is when you perform for those needs, you have to keep performing or they no longer accept you in that manner. And I know in my multiple marriages, I was a little bit different person each time. The problem is your brain can only follow those rules for a little while without becoming resentful or forgetting, oh yeah, I have to act like this or oh yeah, I have to do this. And you you lose yourself along the way. And I can tell you this marriage, I have told my husband up front, I'm like, I'm sometimes I'm a bitch. Mm -hmm. And I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that right now. And if you don't like that, don't pick me. Right. I'm wild, I'm crazy, I'm fun and I'm free. And I want you to know that up front. And this is the first time I can say that I have ever got to be fully me in a marriage. Really? And I have never been happier in my life, first of all, because I love me and I get to be all of me. I get to be wild and crazy and sometimes a bitch and sometimes sweet and mm -hmm. sometimes fun, sometimes quiet. I'm all of me. Right. And each time he asks me something, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I told you up front. And it doesn't mean that you don't bend and, you know, occasionally do things for people that you don't want to do. We all do that. But as a general personality, I'm fully me. 
And I think women, especially, we're just trained not to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. You have to act right. You have to be a good girl. Mm -hmm. You know, pretty girls don't do that. And so we are, our subconscious is trained that who we are, we can't love. And so we don't love ourselves, even as a little child. We are trained with words because words have power and they activate your brain in ways that you don't realize, you don't see. But, you know, when a little girl looks beautiful and she's all dressed in her pink and her bows in her hair, and we say things like, oh, you're such a pretty girl. So subconsciously, they're like, oh, well, yesterday I wasn't a pretty girl. Right. I was just regular girl. Mm -hmm. And so we get trained early on that people are proud of us when we act like this, when we do like this and who we are as a whole is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have just embraced all of me. And sometimes I look like crap and sometimes I look good. And I like every Stacy because they all be me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can ever fully love another human being at your best, unless you are your best and unless you're truly yourself, whatever that looks like. Whatever it looks like. You know, you were telling me in one of the episodes we've done before to make a list of 50 things that I love about myself. Still haven't finished that list. And what are we, eight months past? (laughs) I still have it because I get stuck because, you know, we've talked about me. I, I have this guilt for some reason. And I'm like, if I say, oh, I empty the dishwasher really well and I do laundry extremely well, then I'm like, well, that's pretty. I mean, that's that's I shouldn't be all that. You know no, what I mean? Like, yes. Be and we're that, trained right? to don't be braggy, don't say that, you know. And but people really don't tell men that. And it's such a status symbol and they talk about money, they talk about things, but women don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I do think we have a whole society of people that were taught who you are, like you are is not quite good enough. Right. And the prettier you are, especially the better you have a chance, the younger you look. So, you know, women fight age their whole entire life and the thinner you are. So we have all these categories. Pretty is better. Thinner is better. Smart is better. Rich is better. Well, all those things are actually telling you, oh, if you're not that, you suck. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have really worked hard. I still have my original list of 50 things, but I still, after all these years, 15 years of practicing talking to my brain, I still do it every single morning Mm -hmm. because it is so important to be consistent. Consistency is the key with everything, with working out, with, with eating. I mean, you don't work out one day and be fit for life. No. And you don't eat one great meal and become healthy. You don't save one weekend and become rich. No. Same way with your brain. You have to tell your brain you like yourself every single day or it will not stick because the world is telling you you don't. Right. Right. So you're fighting that. Yeah. You're, every day. The voices. Every day you look on Instagram and you see the beautiful people and the pretty stuff and the house. And I mean, we all do. Nobody puts their crap on Instagram. <laughs> you know, look at my dirty closet. Oh, yay. <laughs> we don't do that. We all like to look good. We all like a filter. Like, oh my God, look how much better. I just want to walk around with a human filter. Like, I want a look filter. At, look at me. Yeah. And sometimes now I see myself and I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) who is that woman who stole me and gave me her? And But I talk to myself every day and say, Stacey, the alternative to not aging is death. It's death. Enjoy it, sister. Mm -hmm. Get old. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting there. And I I just like me, cellulite, wrinkles, gray hair and all. I mean, of course, I'd like to not have those, but I I can't figure out a magic way not to have them. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> I can still like me and I can still be fun. And I love that. I do love that. You give me such energy and you give everyone such energy, but oh my gosh. So, okay. So let's talk about the different types of love. Okay. And you were telling me the most important thing you just told us, yeah. love yourself. Yes. Hey, do y'all love yourself? That's my question. Do, do Does everyone listening here today love themselves? I would bet the answer would be what? No. Of course. And sometimes no. people think they do. Oh, yeah. But if you really like write down the qualities you like about yourself, mm-hmm. if you can't think of 50, you probably don't fully embrace your true self. Yeah, look at me. I'm I'm an issue. You here. better get on. <laughs> I think I have 38. Okay, keep writing. <laughs> this is this is gonna take a lifetime. Okay, so tell me, first of all, I um I feel so so like I missed out on so much and maybe you can help me here, but I did. I missed out because I have Lala now and I've had her four years and I was traumatically attacked by a doll when I was probably three or four and my mother went hysterical and, um, I was scared of dogs, period. End of story. You know how some people, when, when they have something like that, they either become a vet yes. or they do what I did. And and that's what happened. So one day, Kennedy, my daughter, she just would jump up on the counter when a dog came in or we were in someone's house. And, and my ex-husband said, you got to fix that. That is, that's, she's doing, she is mirroring what you're doing. So we got a fur baby and I, and people were like, she, you are not getting a freaking dog. And I did. And I love her so much. And I'm like, I am 56 and waited all this time. Why, why do I love something that I have never loved like this, Stacy? Well, first of all, dogs and, and cats, I, I think too, are unconditional love. If they're like your true pet, that kind, you know, if it's just an outside dog, you mm-hmm. wave at when you cross the pasture, you know, that's <laughs> probably not. But a dog that is your true pet loves you always. And think about what we said about what society teaches us. You have to be pretty. You have to be thin. You have to be smart. Your dog could care less. Right. My dog licks me if I've got bad breath, dirty, mm-hmm. dirty hair. Like he does not care. And every morning he's waiting for me like it's the first day of the rest of our life. And he's, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He's sitting at the end of the bed. He wants to go to school with me every day. That kind of love is truly the closest we'll probably ever feel to unconditional love Mm -mm. other than maybe a parent to a child. And it is the best top five way to get oxytocin. And we all need oxytocin. It makes us feel better. And pets is one of the top five ways to get it. If you don't have a person to love, and there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, either single or someone's passed away, or they just, you know, maybe they're in college, they live by themselves, whatever. And they don't have someone to hug every day. Research says you need eight hugs a day to get the correct amount of oxytocin for your body to be fully at its best. Most people don't get eight hugs a week and your pet will work on that eight hugs. So hug your pet over and over and over. They always love you. If you walk out and come back in, sometimes I just go take the trash out and come back and buzzer acts like I've been gone, you know, like four days and he's jumping on my leg. And, mm-hmm. and But the key is in order to get the fully boost of oxytocin to appreciate that moment. Otherwise, you know, sometimes we just walk past them and we're, you know, get off my leg. I got to go or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I try very hard to fully embrace. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you love me so much. I am lovable. Mm -hmm. And I say that to myself. You love me so much. That must mean I'm lovable. Oh, wow. Because we don't believe we are unless we have A, B, C, D, E, Mm -hmm. then we can be lovable. Right. Hey, 
Would you explain to it? Because I don't think everyone understands what oxytocin is. Okay. So there are four chemicals of happiness that your brain creates in the neurotransmitters of your brain. And if you just remember the word dose, you need a dose of happy every day. So the acronym D-O-S-E is the four happy chemicals. So D is dopamine. And dopamine is you get from desire when you like, oh, you crave coffee or you sex or gambling, whatever it is. But you can also get it from like a to-do list and you just mark it off and it gives you dopamine. The O is oxytocin. That is the oven, like your warm oven love hormone. Any type of love gives you that oxytocin boost. The S is serotonin. And that's when you are like self-satisfied. You're proud of yourself. You fit in the social world. And sunshine is the quickest way to get a serotonin boost. Just go out in the sunshine. Yes. Wow. It's a quick serotonin booster. And E is endorphins. And endorphins block pain. That's one of my favorite lines from Legally Blonde is, happy people don't kill each other. You know. (laughs) And I was like, yes, you make endorphins. Exercise creates endorphins. And exercise is one of the fastest ways to get endorphins. Also laughter. So on my phone, I have a YouTube playlist of, I call it funny shit. No, you do. <laughs> and so I have eight videos on there that are just always make me laugh. And right. when I'm in a bad mood, I realize I'm in charge of my mood and you can think greater than you feel. Mm. The problem is most people feel until they don't feel anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's because the chemicals have worn off. And when you quit producing cortisol and norepinephrine and tachykinin. Those are the chemicals that give you stress and anxiety. And we just sit there in it until they wear off or we put more in. Right. But happiness works the same way. It's all about the chemicals. Wow. And if you can choose to make your own chemicals, you can make your own happy. Isn't that something? Oh my gosh, the oxytocin. I mean, my doctor prescribed that one time. Yes. I just I just was low. Or was, Most people you know. don't have enough. Mm-mm, yeah. Not at all. And exercise, I exercise six days a week. I walk in that gym kind of like dragging a little bit, but boy, I leave and I am ready to feel fight the good. world. I yes. feel well. Great. People are like, you are crazy. But that's my that's my thing. Yes. You know? And if you don't have time for like I tell people the difference between exercise and a workout, because 10 minutes of exercise is enough to give your brain all those chemicals. Wow. And exercise is one of the few things, if you do it outside, you get all four chemicals. Eee. So it's 10 minutes is all it takes. So it could be a walk to the mailbox. It mm-hmm. could be, you know, just go up the stairs. It doesn't have to be a workout. That, that can, that's a different thing. So I hula hoop every single morning and it is truly, I know people think I'm crazy. They're like, what in the world? But it's my favorite way to exercise and you don't have to wear a bra. You don't have to have the right oh shoes. You don't have to have, le- you just get up and do it. But I make myself get up and do it right then. Right. And I start my morning with the chemicals <gasps> because they'll last up to six hours in your brain. Mm-mm. So if you start your days, you know, talking about how late you are, how blah, blah, blah. You've also put those chemicals in and those last for six hours. Wow. But hula hoop is one of the things that activates right brain, left brain, right brain, left brain, because you're going in a in that circular motion. Right. And so it fires up your whole entire brain. I love that. It's a hula hoop. It's a quick way to get a big chemical boost. A quicker. Quickie. <laughs> it's a quickie. It's a quickie, people. Okay. All right. So I have been married. We have said this like three times, but I've been married a couple of times. And um the first time was tragic. The second time was not, you know, they're always tragic when you you, you uh, leave. But then I had a fabulous daughter, have a fabulous daughter from it. You, the same thing. Yes. Um, Greg and I have made it on June 11th of this year, 10 years. Yay! 
Yay! Uh, it's a decade more. Oh my gosh, I just cannot <laughs> believe it, and and it's been fabulous, and it's gone so quickly, and um, I'm actually getting him on the show. So marriage. And you kind of hit that at the beginning of you, you like yourself. And I guarantee you, my daughter, we were, I'm doing a post on Monday, um, hair products. Mm-hmm. And when I was bleach blonde, Dallas bleach, bleach blonde, and my daughter pulled the picture and I'm like, I, I just... I just wasn't happy. I mean, you could just tell in my eyes and blonde was, I was trying to make myself happy being blonde. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Be blonde. You're in Dallas and, you know, people like, you know, who you're dating is. And so Greg, you know, I remember something like you said, I I didn't say, I I didn't give him the bitch yet, but he's figured it out. (laughs) But, uh, but um, Greg, I, I remember when we were dating and I'm like, dude, I don't wear sexy lingerie. I wear... Target, comfy cotton to my, my whole body's covered. You don't like it. I am sorry. Uh-huh. I mean, that is just the way I am. And he's like, he, I, and I've never done it on my wedding night, maybe, but come on, you know? Yeah. So I was myself. Like I finally felt comfortable enough to go, oh my gosh, if I don't wear sexy lingerie and crotchless panties, he's not going to leave me. You right. know what I mean? You know, he'll leave me. So does that make sense? Oh, yes. So, and it, it's so important, especially when you get married at, in the older years. And I can tell for anybody out there who's remarried in your later life, it is way harder because you have a set of brain patterns and they have a set of brain patterns and they've been wired in for decades. And now you are mixing two sets of patterns that have been set for years and years and years. And so you're trying to create a unified set of patterns. So like a unified marriage, and it's very hard. And lots of times it's a battle of two alphas Mm. and you're like, no, I'm not doing that. I've never done that. That's not the way I hang my towels. Right? Oh oh no, brother. Mm -mm. And so you just, it's a little bit of a battle. So like my son and his sweet little wife, you know, they are younger and it's easier for them. They've never been married before to anybody but each other. So they're doing house together. They're Mm -hmm. doing towels together. They're growing together. Yes, that's the way they do laundry. And it's easier when things are learned together. But when two people are Mm -hmm. coming that I do it this way, oh, that's not the way I do it. From I mean, it can be something stupid like cutting up apples. Oh, And you're like, what are you doing? You're cut it from the middle? Like, that's weird. Who does that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like my husband does this weird thing when he gets the grease out of the hamburger meat and he props it, up, props it up on the edge and then sucks the grease out with a turkey baster. Butch. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what are, are you doing? doing? <laughs> That's like, and he died because I've just for years just either dumped it in the trash can or he's like, you're going to burn a hole in the trash can liner. It's going to leak out. the. And I was like, it's trash. <laughs> Do we care what the try? I mean, what are you doing? I'm 54 and I'm still yeah. having to burn the house down. I don't care about the trash. Right. But like little things like that, and people don't realize the little things are almost like little piranhas mm-hmm. biting, biting, biting at your brain. And all of a sudden your brain is like associates pictures and the picture of you is lots of agitation. And the picture of you, the new guy, because you don't know them very well, mm. looks so fresh and clean and oh, wonderful. Right. And that's why people leave. There's, and, you know, there's other reasons, but just a normal person, when you get 
I don't love you anymore, or you don't make me happy. It's because your brain has attached more negative to the picture of that person than the positive of that person. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you, my husband and I, we, we laugh now. We have truly, I think, the funniest relationship in the world, but he drives me batshit crazy he sometimes. <laughs> and so when he does, oh, I just, crazy. I look at him and I just, I'll ask him, I'm like, can I please just punch you? And he'll yes. say, no, I know. <laughs> and so I look at him and go, you love your mother. You love my mother. You do good laundry. You mow the grass. You edge the grass. You bag the grass. And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to remind my brain of all the reasons I love you. Oh, no. <laughs> because right now, all I can think of is you yes. get the hamburger meat so weird. I know. I know. It's amazing. And it's true. It's it's years of, of, of being, I mean, in our 50s, Greg's 65. And he's done it that for 60 years, oh. he's had very strong mm. patterns of this is how I do things. Mm -mm. And your brain is all about patterns. And when it breaks a pattern, it causes conflict or anxiety or stress because it your brains are lazy and people think your brains are like all this active machine it's not your brains are lazy they only like to do two things they like to protect you which is why they remind you of everything that hurts you so it'll keep you like oh yeah remember you don't like to be rejected don't put yourself out there so it thinks it's protecting you by reminding you of all the negative things the second thing it does is it's built for speed and efficiency mm -hmm. so if you've used a pathway or a pattern six times, it just goes down that pattern for you. And it's like, oh, I know what you think about that. <laughs> and it just connects all these neurons together and creates a pattern. And when you break a pattern, your brain does not like it. And it it's like, hey, that's not what we always do. Right. And it has to force it to create new patterns. But once you create a new pattern then that can become an easier pattern for you too. Right, right. So 10 years, we have created a few patterns, but there's some things, you know, we're just not going to budge on. You know, we're, right. just, we're, just, we're just not. And that's when you just, I tell my husband, <laughs> he gets mad at me. I told you all ago, like, I do not cook. I hate cooking. To me, I know it's just shelf. That's hard for you to take. <laughs> but it's like, for me, such a waste of time. Like you do, like if you could just take a pill that was food, I would totally do it. Right. I just don't care about food. That's just my personality. And so he'll tell me something like, God, you haven't cooked. And I'll say, I know, I love that about me. <laughs> like, that's who I am. Don't act like you don't know. Right. And I, there's some things like, I'm not going to be that for you. If you're hungry, who's, why do women have to cook? Nobody right. tells a man, like you haven't cooked me anything. Right. Why is that my job? Right. Now, what do y'all do for food? He cooks he or co we go out. You go out. So, I mean, every once in a while I'll cook. but Right. I know. And I've seen you post on stories. Yeah. And I'm, I want to <laughs> tell everybody about it. Like, are y'all seeing me right now? I'm making spaghetti. It's a big deal. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. I put these noodles in this pot. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but you're yourself. And I, you know, I encourage so many people and I tell my daughter that all the time. Kennedy is picky. She's so picky, but it's good because she's like, I don't want to deal with that. Uh -uh. I don't want to deal with that. I'm like, like well, I wish I would have been that way when I was younger, but Maybe I've taught her. You have. And so. that my daughter's mean. And she, <laughs> I tell her all the time, like, but she's 28 years old and she's an RN. She works, you know, oh, 14 hour days. She's in charge of all the nurses and she knows what she wants and she knows what she doesn't. And she has absolutely no qualms in telling you. And if she doesn't want to be in the room with you or whatever, she'll say, no. I'm not doing that. And, and she'll tell me, mom, those are your friends. I don't have to like them. And I'm like, Brooklyn. <laughs>
Wait, but they're really cool. But I love it that she's like, that's not what I've decided for myself. It's so great because, and I do think that we have and are empowering young men and women, women for sure, empowering these girls to really do have a voice and stand and have a mind of their own. Yes, be who you are. Be who you are, 1,000%. So what Greg and I've made it, Woo-hoo. How long have you and Butch been married? It'll be five years. Five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm starting all back over. I'm yeah. never going to hit the 20 year anniversary. I'll be like 100. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Please, God, let me live to be 100 so I can have a golden anniversary or whatever it is. <laughs> golden egg. So, so, okay. So, Greg is very different from me. I'm the creative one. You are obviously very creative. Butch is the engineer. Oh, Greg, yeah. Greg's the business guy, 1000%. How do you. And these, you know, we're surviving and, um, and we're thriving. I'm going to say thriving. How do you, does, would you ever put an engineer in a, in a, in a, in a creative person together? Oh, I think now we've made the best match in the universe. And I always say, I dream it up and he makes it. Wow. And because I'm, I'm terrible at execution. That is not my gift. And I, I, I'm not good at follow through, but man, I can dream up anything in the universe and I'll draw it out, you know, in my little chicken scratch drawings and he'll come in here with like a 3d mock-up and oh, he'll say, is, is this what you wanted? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, make that. And then he'll spend like, you know, 14 hours getting the exact bolts and the exact, but I've learned I like speed mm-hmm. and he doesn't, he likes perfection and he wants to measure it three times and oh, build it once. Gosh. But I just have learned to let him do his thing yes. his way. Cause I don't want anybody to tell me how to be creative. Right. And I realize that's where you have to learn that you cannot put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You just can't, your brain has no pathways for that. So you have to just pick the closest thing that you can imagine of what that feels like. And so I've imagined myself being told what to do, which I despise and think, Oh yeah, Stacy, he probably doesn't want to be told what to do either. Why is your idea the best way every time? It's probably not. It's the best for me, Mm -hmm. but it's not the best for him. So we just go to our own corners and he does his thing and I do mine. Exactly. Uh, You know, know, I'm connecting some dots here. I'm connecting some dots because Greg and I, I... I'm trying to make him laugh, especially when I'm upset with him or something. I'm like, I have to make a joke about myself. But that that laughter helps, mm-hmm. right? Because we're creating that dopamine. No, yeah, endorphins. Endorphins, mm-hmm. thank you. It's mm-hmm. one of the dose yeah. things. Yes. Yeah, the, the dose things. So um, the laughter helps for us. Oh, yes. We have to laugh it off. And laughter is one of the six best ways to activate chemicals. It works every time. Yeah. And, and your brain doesn't know if you're forcing yourself to laugh or something you know was randomly funny. That's why I keep those things on my phone that I know will always make me laugh. And that's why TikTok is so popular. Why yes. does everybody like TikTok? Your dance is stupid, but it made me laugh. Yeah. And we everybody likes to laugh. The reason is because laughter always creates endorphins. Sure. And endorphins always make you happy. I love it. I love it. Okay. We're going to switch gears again because I'm going to hit each week there in June. And the climate of the country in the last, oh gosh, I mean, I, I feel like Gosh, I met you during COVID yeah. and um, in 2020, the climate of the country. And I want to talk about this, loving each other. And I 
and I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, um, I am blessed to have really get to know the cast and crew, the creative director of This Is My Story. And This Is My Story is um, three Fort Worth black men that have been silenced in their life. And they're explaining to the, it's uh, of how they've been silenced. And so um, I feel like I want to, how we love each other. And Stacey, you and I, we love people. Uh, I mean, some people can be stupid and stand in the middle of the grocery aisle and, and I don't love you so much, but, <laughs> but I don't understand that concept of not loving each other, you know, not right. bad people. That's, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like r- truly evil people, but I don't understand. And you were telling me when I was trying to explain this to you, this is a different type of brain chemistry. Oh yeah. So explain Explain to us what we are going, how we deal with people that are, we that don't love each other. Right. And it's so hard because like I said, well ago too, like you can't put yourself in someone's shoes. And I hate that stupid phrase because it's, it's neurologically impossible. You can never put yourself in someone else's shoes because every brain is wired differently based on your particular circumstances and your life experiences. There are no two brains that are exactly the same, even identical twins. So when when people say, put yourself in my shoes, what they really mean is pick the closest thing that you have that seems like this. And that's all we can do. That's truly the best we've got. So during all the Black Lives Matter and all of the anger during the political climate and everybody was so volatile, it was so sad for me. And it did break my heart. I was like, how is this happening? And it's because people attach themselves to their opinion. And it's called belief bias. And your beliefs are so tightly wired in your brain that no one can convince you that they're not true. No one can ever, ever, ever change your beliefs except you. And unless you're open-minded enough to hear someone else's perspective, you it doesn't matter how much evidence you show them, their belief bias will not change. And they've seen this on brain scans. Like they know this is backed by science. You can say, you know, like cabbage is good for you. And somebody can say, oh, no, it's not. It happened uh, last time I ate oh, it, I yeah. had colitis and blah. And you can show them like 30 different studies mm-hmm. and they'll go, oh, well, that's not right. Well, I don't know where they got that. And you blow it off the same way with racism, with, you know, any kind of situation where two people politics. Is, yes. Po- oh, God, oh, politics. Gosh. The the battles with women and men. It's you cannot put mm-hmm. yourself in someone else's shoes. It is neurologically impossible. So you pick the closest thing you have, the closest brain pattern, and your brain has like schematic patterns, which is just a fancy word for little pictures. And so you pick the little picture in your brain that closest matches their story. And so your brain does this thing called Bayesian brain updating. And so it just updates your story. Like, oh yeah, I felt sad. Oh yeah, I've had empathy. Oh yeah, somebody's been mean to me. Mm-hmm. And so it goes and finds the closest story, but it's not the same story. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you as a white female, I can listen and I can be empathetic and it can break my heart, but I cannot 
ever imagine what that felt like. I just can't. Mm -hmm. And I can pick the closest hurt I've got, but it'll never be the same. And it's so sad to see people who have been horribly traumatized and it, we just can't put ourselves there. And so it's so important when you see somebody that's different to not say, oh, I know how you feel. No, you don't know how they feel. Stop saying that phrase. You don't know how they feel. But what you can say is, wow, I can see how badly this hurt you. And I can love the person who's hurt, but I cannot put myself in your shoes. Mm. And so, I mean, we obviously saw the hurt of a nation. And but that's what hurts somebody who has been marginalized, who has been hurt. When someone of privilege says, oh, I know how you feel. No, you no, don't. You don't. No, you don't. No. no man can know how it feels to be a woman. Mm-mm. No white person knows how it feels to be black. Mm-hmm. No Democrat knows how it feels to be a Republican unless you chose to open your belief bias to accept someone else's perspective. You'll never walk in their shoes, but you can put yourself in like, wow, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that was out there. Right. You know, um, when Black Lives Mattered and we had uh, uh, Mr. Floyd, I just, you know, I, I have so many black friends that I just want I, I just want to shrink. Actually, Henry Abuto and Tony Green both asked me, did you go to a protest? And I'm like, I mean, I just, I sat on this podcast, look, it stared at them. They weren't judging. They just asked. And yeah. of course I was just like, oh, well. Uh. Yeah. As a white person, mm-hmm. you feel judged. You feel judged. Yeah. And so I did. And I said, no, I, I didn't because I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared you were mad at me. They're like, we're not mad at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's where it's so important for, for black Americans to understand that white Americans don't get it. We Mm -hmm. don't understand. And we do, and it's not their job to explain it to us, but Mm -hmm. it's, but it's just like, they want us to understand. We want them to understand, like, I see your hurt, but I truly, I don't know how, I don't know what to do. And, and I think sometimes we're so afraid to do the wrong thing. Mm. And and so we just do nothing. We do nothing. Yes. And I, I can totally agree that I, you know, I had one of my black students that was a male on my show. And when he was telling me some of his perspectives and I had him in class for four years, I know him well. And there were stories that Jordan told me. And I was like, what? I have no, no idea. idea. And he said, well, Miss D you couldn't have. And I was like, how did I miss that? I know. And the reason you miss it is because your brain has no wiring for it. So you don't see, Mm-mm. and it's in your reticular activating system. You only can see a certain amount of things. If you saw everything there was to see, your brain would just freeze. And so you have a reticular activating system. That's like the filters for your brain. And what you tell it is important to you are the filters it builds. And so it's, we maybe don't have a filter for that. It's not that we didn't want to see that. It's just, we, we didn't, Mm -hmm. but now that there is awareness, which is wonderful. Wonderful. It's the greatest awakening of all. I think because my little 13 year old, he has a filter for it. Mm -hmm. He sees racism. He sees bullying. He sees patriarchal society where our generation, it was just kind of pushed aside, I think. And sadly, Mm -hmm. but now that we have wiring systems for it, now that we have a pattern that we can go, Oh, Mm -hmm. that is not right. 
Right. That is not right. Now we can do something about it. Right. And, you know, I asked the producer and creators, you know, why, you know, wh- when this was, when this began, it was right in the middle of COVID and, um, and they just were like, we've got to create wear- awareness. Yes. And I went, I, I just, of course, here I'm going, I didn't know. I didn't either. I did not know. And shame on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, so, so, th- so. We just don't understand each other. We can no. sympathize or empathize. I mean, one or the other, right? And that's so true. Like to have sympathy and empathy, yes. because that that is what we can do. And now that we have awareness, now we can do other things as well. But we'll never be able to put ourselves in their shoes, nor they in ours, or you know, a, a grown up and a child. I, I see that in my clientele all the time. Like I can't believe my kid does that, and I want to go. You probably did too. Mm-hmm. But you no longer have a wiring system for a 13-year-old or a 16-year-old. You have a wiring system for a 48-year-old. Mm-hmm. So your brain no longer sees from that perspective. You cannot put yourself in someone else's shoes. Uh, you know, and that's, it, that is resonating. I mean, <laughs> I think I want to name this podcast. You can't put in someone else's shoes. None, none of these. None. None of these topics. No. None of these guests that I'm talking about. Okay, so um, Bonnie Smith came on and um she has she, she just she said it the first time she came on she's a, she is a personal shopper and a personal stylist and then she mentioned to me that she had lost her husband and she's so young 36 35 at the time and i was just like oh my gosh i mean i can't i can't imagine i've lost a mother i've lost my mom and and there's a parent and i'm quite certain there's a difference between losing right. a parent versus a but spouse. your brain just put itself in the closest thing that it had that's what your brains are that's made right. to do so bonnie lost her husband to an illness and very quickly and um there was an age difference and that has nothing to do with it what you were t- saying earlier right. there was an age difference but she lost love and she went through a spiral so then she found love so what happened in her brain? Like, what was going on? Well, when you love someone and that is removed from you, especially when it's fairly sudden, like you don't get to build patterns. It's all about patterns. You don't get to build patterns for what that loss feels like or looks like. So like if somebody you know has cancer and it's a slow death or in a nursing home and they've, you know, you slowly build patterns for being away from this person or what it's going to be like when they're gone. But when someone is removed quickly from you, you, it really causes pain. Like your brain has to rebuild all of these patterns of life, how it feels to get up in the morning, what you do during the day at night. Like it has to build a whole new set and it is painful. And what uh, Dr. Lieberman is one of, has one of my favorite books. It's called Social. And it talks about how social pain or emotional pain is as traumatic as physical pain. And so the, it registers in the same place in your brain, not exactly in the same firing manner. But it, when you have heartache and the pain of heartache truly registers in your brain the same way that if you break your arm. And what the crazy thing the study found is if you give someone aspirin or Tylenol for heartache, it actually created some improvement, same as it does if you break your arm. And they watched all this through fMRIs and brain other brain scans, and they realized that emotional pain, we just don't have a place to point to it. Like, you know, if my arm hurts, I can point exactly where mm-hmm. it is or my foot, but your heartache, 
like we don't have a place to put that. And we know it's not in our heart. So, we, you know, it's not like you're something's wrong with your heart. Your brain is creating new patterns and the pain is actually registering in your brain. So the spiral sometimes is people just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so their brain is just searching for relief. And that's what your brain, remember your brain is wired to protect you and it's protecting you from this pain. So it starts looking for ways to make you feel better. Sex, drugs, alcohol, right. food, yeah. shopping, like anything. That's why people eat. It makes them feel better. Mm -hmm. Your brain's looking for a way to protect you and make you feel better. It's always going away from pain and towards pleasure. Wow. That's what your brain does. So in order to get out of the spiral, you either have to have lots of brain tools and grief still is going to be in the brain, no matter how many tools you have. Or you've got to get these patterns, like your life builds over again and creates new patterns for life with this person no longer. Right. Not having that person. And she talked about the spiraling and just, you know, people trying to pull you out of yeah. a hole. And um, I love her story because she has found love. I mean, and, you know, I, I say this all the time and I probably need to stop saying it. I don't know. I think it's a protection, but if something happened to Greg, I'm done. I mean, I, I say it all the time. I, I'm done. I love him so much. I don't even want to do it. You know what I mean? Is that a fair? And I say that and I want to like, yeah, you know, like a little tear it up. Don't but, say it. Yeah. Don't say it. Right. Because you're telling your brain, I can no longer survive without this person. So ah. your brain is building a pattern for if this person's gone, you cannot survive. Stop it, Tiffy. Yeah. Your brain hears every thought, oh, not every word, gosh. every thought. Fascinating. And so it, so the fact that she found love again is fabulous. And I know there are people out there that say, well, you couldn't have loved them very much right. if you went and found somebody else. That is so not true. That makes me so mad. Because once again, you cannot put yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. So her brain maybe had fabulous love the first time. And it's searching for it again because it was oxytocin. It was endorphins. It was all the things. And so when she found it again, her brain fired and like, oh, we know what this feels like. This is awesome. We love this. And just because you've loved one person and then you love someone else doesn't discount the love you had before. It there's all different kinds of love and love registers in the brain differently because it's firing different systems. Mm -hmm. I love each of my three children very differently just because they're my children. And I have a little pattern in my head for what a child is. I have a pattern for Brent. I have a pattern for Brooke and I have a pattern for Brady. Very different. I have had, you know, several husbands. I have a pattern for all of them. And I have a pattern for my mother. I have a pattern for my father. So you can't put love in one box. It does not work. And your brain does not work that way. Wow. A pattern for your dog is not the same as a pattern for your husband. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. We say we love chocolate. Well, love for chocolate is not the same as a love for your child. That's true. Love is not universal. That's that. It, okay. Love is not universal. You got that? Okay. Which is my segue into the last guest of the month. And I'm Cole Phillips. Cole, a single mom and um, two boys, teenage boys. And she and I talked we talk about this a lot, mommy guilt. And I really think I have the, the, the most fabulous child on the face of the earth because I, I just, I do, you know, and I know she's not my friend. You said she couldn't. <laughs> I, I said that the other night. I was like, she's my best friend. Wait, I can't say that. Well, she can be your best friend, but she 
it's a different kind of best friend. Right, right. A daughter yeah. best friend. It, go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> I, I think I tried to fight her on that. This one, that's Stacy on this one. But, but um, she just graduated TCU and so proud of her. And um, But the mommy guilt is ridiculous. And this mommy, helicopter freaking mommy. I mean, just a helicopter. And I had guilt about that. But now my daughter's like, I, it was fabulous. It was, it was what you were supposed to be. You were supposed to do. So... The guilt is a parent, not just mommy guilt. I just say that because I am a mom, but the guilt of a parent and the love of a parent and love a child. And you just said you have three babies. They're not babies, but you have three children. I have one. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. You cannot put yourself in my shoes. Hello. There's and, it, there it is. There it is. And like I tell people all the time, I've raised children in two different generations. I literally <laughs> have. Yeah, I, this story. This is true. Like Brent is 31, Brooke is 28, and then Brady is 13. <laughs> so, I mean, Brent could easily be Brady's dad. She's an oopsie. Yeah. He was my, oh, 41st birthday. Let's have a baby. Um, so... It's they're very they're just different. And I describe them all the time. I just wrote an Instagram post about this the other day. I celebrate Mother's Day. I celebrate my children on Mother's Day because they're what made me a mother. And I always say Brent is the love of my life. He always will be. You do. He's the first thing I ever truly loved. And to this day, when that child walks in a door, it melts my soul. I love him. My eyes light up. He's Mm. he's the love of my life. I wish you could see her right now. She does. You light up. He almost makes me cry how much I I love him. And they're fixing to have a baby. I know. And I just, I'm already, I did not think I was going to be that kind of grandmother. And Brent even said for Christmas, they gave me a little onesie that says, hello, sugar. Yeah. And they're going to call me, the baby's going to call me sugar. And I bought, I mean, I did ugly cry, but he was like, mom, I'm so surprised. And I said, Brent, I get a piece of Brent. I get another dose of you. And I said, I've loved you like nothing I've ever loved before. And this is like a, a baby bonus version. I said, you can't imagine how much I'm already loving this child that's not here because I love you more than you can possibly understand. Mm -mm. Then Brooke is the joy of my life. She is the funny. She's the bubbles. She's the smart aleck. No one in the universe has made me laugh like Brooke. Every time I need advice or every time I need cheering up, I call her every time. She, to this day, can make me laugh like no other. And I always tease and say from the time that child was born, she said, get off the table and let's go. Like she's bossy. She's funny. But God, I love that girl. When she walks in the room, I'm like, this is going to be a party. <laughs> she's 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 my heart. She's the warmth mm. where Brent does not have that personality. He's kind of a flatliner. Mm-hmm. He, he's not real high. He's not real low. He's just pretty consistent. But Brooke is bubbles like a volcano. She's like her mama. He, she's just fabulous. And then Brady is the gift of my lifetime. And he was my do-over. He got, he gave me an awakening of life in my forties that I never dreamed possible. I got to do it again. And my kids were grown and all the things I missed. And I got to do it again. And he's so kind and sweet and incredible. And he's the very best pieces of all of us stirred together in one little child. And every time I look at him, I remind myself life is a gift and he is right there showing you why. That's amazing because you had him at 40, 41, 41. And I'm assuming not all women would have that feeling, yeah. a do over, you know, okay. Do you, do you do? So in hearing you say that, did you, do you have mommy guilt? 
I probably used to. I don't now right. for sure. But I think mom guilt is because we think we could have done it better mm-hmm. or we should have done it mm-hmm. better. And remember, you're doing the best with what you have at that time. Of course, your 50-year-old brain would do better than your 30-year-old brain. But why in the world would you hold your 30 brain responsible for what you know in your 50s? You've gained 20 years worth of experience. So you can't live your life feeling guilty because you're probably going to think in your sixties that you wish you would have done your forties different. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how many of us looked at our legs in our twenties and thirties and thought we were fat? Yeah. And now we look at them and go, God, I'd love to be that fat again. Oh (laughs) gosh, isn't that the truth? But we didn't enjoy it while we had it. it. Mm -hmm. Same way with our kids. Enjoy it while you have it. Of course, you're going to wish you would have done something different. That is life. But your children don't really think that if you love them, of course, if it's abuse or whatever, they wish it was different, but children who just have a regular happy life, they don't, they've got a 13 year old brain or a 20 year old brain. Life is fabulous for them. Mm -hmm. And when they have children, they can do it differently. They can learn from you. I used to tease my kids to keep a spiral notebook. And every time they would get mad at me and they're like, mom, that's so dumb. And I said, go write that in your notebook. And then when you're a parent, you don't have to do that. And you'll have a whole list of things you don't want to (laughs) do. Right. Now they'll probably do it. Right. Well, Brooke used to say, I'm not writing anything in that notebook. (laughs) I said, well, that's on you, girl. It's on you for sure. (laughs) I know because I... I, I had a compliment from my daughter. She said, Mom, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it any differently. And I would. Yes. I, I know things. We would. But we know things because we've aged and yeah. we can see backwards. At the time, we couldn't see backwards. Mm-mm. As a 20-year-old mom or 25-year-old mom, we were way better than we would have been as a 15-year-old mom. Mm-hmm. And as a 30-year-old mom, we were better than a 20-year-old mom because we're thinking backward. We're like, oh, I wish I would have done that. Yes. But at the time, you couldn't do that. You didn't have any patterns for that. No tools. No tools. Your brain is built on patterns. And unless you have the pattern, it's impossible for your brain to do that thing. Well, hell, Stacey, we were just trying to figure out who we were. Yes. I certainly didn't love myself and at I, that point. Me too. I call myself my 30s, my selfish years. And, and I, oh, gosh. I definitely was, you know, I was in a career. I was trying to be this, be that, be a wife, be a mom, be sexy, be the things. And it, I didn't know better. I didn't, I didn't know to enjoy it. I was truly absorbed with my own self, my own life. Oh, gosh doing the best I can, going to carpool here, drop this kid off here, go to cheerleading practice here, go pick him up at baseball. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And I just did the best I could. Yeah. You and, know, it, it, well, you, you just said that. My 30s are the selfish years. I was telling you before the show, I looked at a photo or maybe during the show in my 30s and I'm just look, like, like you, I, like you could just looking straight through, like there was no one there. It's mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know okay, the grass was greener or what the hell. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, like the thirties, that is the perfect. I mean that, and yeah, I wonder selfish if that's, years. And, and, is that our generation? Or, I, I think Brooke's not like that. No, Brooke's not. She just turned 28 and I, but she does say like, she said, I'm not going to be anybody's wife or anybody's mom until I'm done being Brooke. Because once I'm a mom, I can never be fully Brooke again. Wow, that's like, true. God, you're smart. Smart. Yes. What the heck? But she, I think right now is selfish on purpose. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't. I thought I could have it all. And that's why moms feel so much guilt because they feel like they have to pick and choose. I got to be me. I got to be a mom. I got to be a wife. I got to be this. I got to be room mother. I got to do all the things. You cannot be all things. Your brain cannot do all those things at one time. And there is a huge fallacy out there about multitasking that is not real. It's called switch tasking. And your brain cannot fully give a full set of wiring systems to two things at one time. Your attention cannot, you can half the, I call it half asking because you half ass one, half ass another. We're so good at it that we switch really quick, but we're never giving our full attention. So I tell moms, focus on one thing at a time. If you're home, be home. Because most of the time when we're home, we're thinking about what we should have done at work. And when we're at work, we're thinking about what we should have done at home. Be fully where you are. And then you won't have a regret. Be present. Be present in your moment. And you can't be all things. Give it up. Well, you know what? I, there's a couple of things. You know, Stacy, I've, I've known her almost a year now. And Stacy and I, I... I <laughs> I tell her, I'm the best multitasker. I was so proud to explain that to her last year. She goes, no, you're not. But yes, I am. Yes, I am too. And every day, I'm not kidding you. I think about you every day because I'm trying to multitask something. And in my menopause, post-menopause is what I heard now. Um, I'm not multitasking as well, but I was damn good at it. Okay, so I'm just saying. You were a fast switch tasker. Okay, whatever she said, but I was really good at it. Not as good anymore. But I was like, okay, I can... Shut this drawer door and empty the dishwasher. See that, Stacy? I see. I talk about you every day in my brain. There you go. See, and I think too. Like, how many times do we eat in the car? Oh, we talk on the phone. We do the email. We do the things, and really, we do it quickly. So it's tricking us and thinking that we're doing it accurately. But the research on it is crazy phenomenal, showing how many mistakes people make when they're doing multiple things versus when they're doing one thing at a time. Well, you know, Greg says, I can take a poop, answer a text, eat a sandwich. I don't eat sandwiches. (laughs) Eat a sandwich and talk to him at the same Same time. time. (laughs) And I'm good at it. You're like, no, you're not. You're not. But you'd be better at it (laughs) if you only did one. And there are people who are good at it like you and you can get by with it because you make it, your brain is used to switch tasking. But you have never maybe fully tasked on one thing. So you don't know how good you would be at that. I'd be a rock star. (laughs) freaking rock star. I'm telling you, girl, I'm telling you, I'm going to do a video and send it to your freaking cute hiney. Yeah. Look at me. I'm doing 12 things at once. (laughs) Balancing, but still can't figure out how many, the 50 things I love myself for sure at all. That's the one you need to focus on. Yeah, that's right. So switch tasking is what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I'm good at people. That's the, that is what I'm good at. Well, what do you think about this month? I am so excited that people are talking about love other than just romantic love. And because I think that's just such a fallacy too. And I know in your younger years, that's what everybody craves. And that's the thing. And, but the reason it makes you feel good is the chemicals. Mm -hmm. Everything is about the chemicals. And we think this person makes me feel good, but that person activated the chemical the chemical made you feel good. Mm-hmm. Get that straight. Yeah. Because we think we need more stuff, more food, more clothes, a different purse, a different shoes, a different car. And the car did make me happy, 
but the car didn't. The car activated the chemicals Mm -hmm. and the chemicals made me happy. If it was just the car, the car 10 years later would still make you have those same chemicals. And it doesn't. We get bored with it. We get sick of it because the newness, the dopamine is what activated the happiness. And that's what makes you happy. Right. And that's why people get divorced. That's why they... When you no longer make me happy because you're no longer activating these chemicals, I no longer like you. And I start looking for other things that activate the chemicals. And that's what I teach people every day. You are in charge of your chemicals. Don't wait for someone else to activate them for you. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Well, hey, everyone, I want you to th- I want you to just listen. Okay, all this knowledge for free, people, that you just got from Stacy, and go back and listen again and again. But Stacy delivers keynote speak speeches all over the world through Zoom, unfortunately. But you're opening back into the yes. world. You have clients that you help, and people reach out to Stacy. I mean, right? You, yes, you I can, have clients all how over. How can you help? I, well, first of all, a freeway. I'm doing the whole month of June. I'm doing joy in June. And I'm doing 30 days of joy free on my Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. Quick, Facebook page. Quick tips for people to get their own joy. And I do think that's the biggest misnomer in the universe is we need things to make us happy. And the problem is the things make the chemicals and the chemicals are what make you happy. And you can create your own freaking chemicals. Yes, you can. And that's, I teach a course on that, the neuroscience of happiness, how to create your own chemicals. Okay. And that is the secret sauce. And that's it. And you do have clients, right? Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. Reach reach out to to Stacy because she can help. I mean, yeah, I some people do like one session. They just need one little boost. I call it a brain boost. Really? Yeah. I have one hour brain boosters. You can just register on my website or I do like 12 weeks. Like we do a deep dive like for three months and figure out your specific brain patterns and if you can wire them in, you can wire them out. Okay, so I had a, a, a follower listener last year that asked me the question or sent in a comment. And do you do marriage counseling? Is that, are you qualified? Well, I, I don't ever call it counseling or therapy. And okay. where therapy and neuroscience collide a little bit is where therapy is more about listening and advocating you know, you're not allowed necessarily to tell people what to do in therapy. And my degree is called mind brain education. And it's a little bit of behavioral science, a little bit of psychology, a little bit of philosophy and a little bit of neuroscience, but neuroscience, I'm telling you about your brain patterns. So I can tell you like what I hear, what I see, and I give you action steps where traditional therapy, you're not leaving there with an action step. And it's fine. I mean, therapy's great. I've been to therapy, but when you're ready to do something, that's when people call me. And so if you've been in therapy, like 14 years, Mm -hmm. like talking, just talking, it's not working. (laughs) And you know, you wouldn't leave your car in the shop for 14 years. No, you'd get a different mechanic. And so sometimes action is the only thing that will alter a brain pattern. You can think all you want to, but action alters your patterns. That's what creates new habits. And that's what I help people is to build their own action steps to create their new patterns. That is crazy. That I mean, and that is fascinating to me because I have asked, and I've had uh, career coaches, life coaches on here, and, and that's what they say. Therapy, you just listen. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you just want to be heard. Right. But, but And I think when you're in trauma and you're really mm-hmm. in a painful place, that's when you need therapy. And and that's where I tell people, I have people occasionally call me for, and I'll say, no, 
I'm the after that. You you need to go get your hurt okay. out. out. Because hurt, pain, remember, is registering in your brain, Mm -hmm. and it's an emotional area in the brain. And you can't think in your prefrontal cortex and make good decisions when you're in that much pain. Right. Right. I just love you. Thank you. Oh, I'm my so God. glad to be here. Oh, my goodness. It's so fabulous. Goodness. Well, you know, I like that, that when I do text you, you don't cringe and go, gosh, here she comes. No, it makes my heart happy every time. I'm so glad because you just, you're such a giver and just, you're so happy, everyone. Everyone's, please go and follow her. Okay. We can find you on that Facebook page yes. for the free month of June, Joy yes. in June. Okay. And it's called the Gratitude Boost. And it's on my website. If you go to my website, it's the first thing you click on and it'll just take you right straight there. Okay. So this is coming out May 25th of 2021. And we are interest, introducing the June. So we'll be right, be around, perfect right time, around the yeah. perfect timing for that. To and sign up. To sign up for that because that's free. Yeah. And gosh, what a gift. 30 days of joy. I know. Okay. Instagram can find Instagram, you again. Stacy Danford. Stacy with an I. All right, everyone. Everyone, please go rate and review this. We got to get up in that pop Apple podcast, Spotify, and please follow along on my Instagram at Tiffany C. Blackman. And everyone, please love each other. Yes. Take this to heart. Love each other and keep being fabulous.